0: I just know that every Thursday before I go to Costco on a Friday I have to go out and I just go through everything that we have. So that way there's a set time that I do it, I know it's going to get done because it's a part of my routine. It helps that crud, I've got this big thing I've got to do and so I want to procrastinate on it even more. Having that set time I found is really helpful.
1: Yeah, that's helpful with so many things around the house. They can really affect you mentally. If you don't know that you're going to deal with it at some point and having that set day makes you able to ignore it the other days and not let it worry you. My name is Lisa, mother of eight and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I just got home, well, when this comes out, when I'm recording this, I just got home from an expo, a homesteading expo down in the Ozarks called the Ozark Homesteading Expo. It was my first speaking gig, which I wasn't sure if my podcast history, my podcast uh, career here would help me with the nerves of speaking in front of hundreds of people or not, or YouTube. People are like, oh, you're going to be fine. You're on YouTube. You're on podcast. I'm like, yes, but it's never live, and I can't see the people listening. So I wasn't sure, but it actually went really, really well. And I was able to meet with the guests that I'm having on today, which was so cool. I didn't even realize, we didn't put it together that we'd both be there. But she she saw me, and she said, I'm going to be on your podcast this Tuesday. I'm like, oh, my word, this is crazy. So Karen Morris, all of her socials are called Are You Prepared Mama? She has books on being self-sufficient or being able to withstand crises and having yourself prepared. So she has this book and workbook called A Year Without the Grocery Store. I purchased these at her booth at the expo. Again, just so cool that I was able to get in on that ahead of time, check out all of it because I've was introduced to her from my friend Jay Merle Stewart from Large Family Table and all of that. And I loved the idea, but I didn't actually have the book and the planner. And so then I was able to get that, check that out, meet her. So cool. It was really fun for any of you listening who were at the Expo. It was so fun meeting so many of you. It, it was really crazy because in my normal life, you know, I run into people somewhat regularly, but just here and there. Like, obviously, I could go to places without anybody knowing my channel. like That that happens all the time. But I do run into people here and there. But at the Homestead Expo, I was fully in my niche. So people there are interested in sourdough, in being prepared, in homesteading, in raising chickens, and having a dairy cow. So anyways, with this concentrated niche, it was a way higher percentage of people that knew my blog. And so I was able to meet so many people. I don't even know. Probably... Hundreds of people chatting all weekend. It was really fun. I took five of my kids. Luke stayed home with the five, three, and one-year-old and the dairy cow because you got to milk twice a day and then toddlers out in all that heat. Not so fun. So I brought my oldest four and the baby and it was a good time. It was, I got to learn. I went to a cheese making class. That was really cool. I went to the dairy cow class and I really enjoyed that. But it did start raining. and It was a tin roof, so I couldn't hear him half the time. But I think there was a lot of good information in that one as well. I shared about sourdough, which was great. And it was—it made me think, OK, I think I could speak. So maybe I'll be at some more homestead expos. I don't want to do like anything too huge. But i I do now believe that I can speak in front of a small audience and be just fine. So anyways, let's dive into this interview with Karen Morris from Are You Prepared Mama? All about being prepared on the go, having your your pantry stocked in case of an emergency. She has a lot of wisdom to share. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Karen. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that Jay Morrill was able to introduce us and talk on this topic that she talks a lot about too, which is preparedness. So let's start by telling the listeners, a little bit about yourself and how you got into preparedness. So I got into preparedness totally from
0: an unsuspecting way. A long time ago, when I was a young mom with littles, I got to know a website called Money Saving Mom, and she talked a lot about couponing. And so I learned a Uh ton about couponing. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a ton about couponing from Crystal Payne. Uh And I got to the point where I was feeding my family on $200 a month. My family of five at that point on about $200 a month, which I'm not going to tell you, we always ate the best things. We had a lot of good stuff, we had some not so good stuff. But that stocking up really taught me that, you know what? I can take care of my family. What other ways do I need to start taking care of my family? And so, having that initial stockpile led me to to thinking about okay, well, I need to talk, I need to start thinking about gardening. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I need to start thinking about okay, how do I purify water if something would happen? Mm -hmm. Okay, how can I preserve my garden if something would happen? And so, it all came from couponing and having a significant stockpile. And it's grown to all right now. I we have a big garden. We do a lot of our own preserving. We have a freeze dryer that we we will have going for probably three or four months on end. Mm-hmm. Love using that. We done a lot with vehicle preparedness. We have done done a lot with our setting up, making sure that we have enough food food in our food storage for periods of time, and then just
1: working towards self sufficiency. So, but it all started with couponing. Okay. Yeah. So have you found that it's not just the the being prepared, but it also saves you money? Like this is a frugal thing to have planned out and stocked up.
0: Absolutely. Because when you have... When you already have a stockpile, then you can buy things when they're on sale instead of worrying about, I need this this week because I'm out of whatever staple it is. But when you already have that stockpile, it gives you the freedom to say, okay, I'm going to buy this now because it's on significant sale and I'm really going to stock up on that. Whether it is, oftentimes I'll walk into Costco and they will have pork loins on sale at like, you know, 40% off or 50% off. And so we'll pick up three or four pork loins that we then divvy up into each into three or four meals. We cut them up and then we freeze them. So I have that freedom to do that. Whereas if I were just grocery shopping week to week, and I didn't have a lot in my pantry, I wouldn't be able to save that money. But it also saves me time because I'm not always running into the grocery store because I've forgotten something. Because Mm -hmm. I have a significant backstock of so many things, that's not so much an issue. So it saves me time, it saves me money, saves me gas and headaches.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the expo over the weekend, you introduced me to your companion workbook, which has, it goes along with your Year Without the Grocery Store book. And it has ways that you can plan this because I think a lot of people, they're hesitant to put in that upfront investment whenever you buy things more in bulk because they're afraid that they're going to misplace it in the freezer or somehow make it to where they end up not using it and then thus wasting money. So can you explain how your planner here works? Because it's very detailed for people who are really wanting to get organized in their meal planning and in their stockpiling and all of that stuff, it's a good resource. So the planner or the workbook, because they're two different things. I want to make
0: sure I'm talking about the right one.
1: That's all right. Okay. So I have the workbook and then I have the book. So I didn't know that there was something separate from these. Yeah,
0: there is. Yes. So let's talk about the workbook a little bit. The workbook gives you all the worksheets that you need to do for the book. So in the book, at the end of every chapter, I have action items. And those action items, basically, I teach on something in the chapter. And then I say, this is how you do it step by step. the workbook then gives you all the worksheets you need to do those step-by-step parts to each chapter so in there what you're going to find is everything is in in there together you don't have a recipe here and oh yeah i stuffed that recipe in my purse because we were going to the grocery store at another time and oh yeah this one is in a notebook but that one was on a card it's all there in one place for you and so when you're making your plans Uh, There's even a worksheet in there where you do cost comparisons. Where can I find the best prices on each thing? And so if you're already going to a grocery store, then you can just walk through and jot down how much it costs for how many ounces. And you can do that cost comparison. Where am I going to get the biggest bang for my buck? And so it helps you with that. So that you know what you're looking for, you're looking, you know, what price, where you're going to get the best prices on it. And so it's going to save you that. But then you also have all of your recipes together. I teach in a year without the grocery store that when you're doing short term food storage, because there's short term food storage and there's long term food storage. And when you're doing short term, you just want to set up a one week menu. You want to say, okay how many months of short-term food storage do I want? And short-term is, those are your normal meals. So if you usually eat some casseroles, if you usually do some fresh veggies from your garden, whatever it is, those are your more normal meals. Your long-term food storage is th- are things that are going to last you 30 years or more. So let me differentiate those two. But when you're doing short-term, that's to get you over a short-term hump of, like when COVID hit, You know, if you couldn't get to the grocery store for a couple of months or you couldn't figure out, okay, they didn't have what you were needing, that's what short-term food storage is to get you over that hump. So when we set up our short-term food storage, we do it as a menu. Normal foods that we eat every single day. And so Monday morning through Saturday night, three meals a day. And we say, how many months of short-term food storage do I want? One, two, or three. And I say, never go beyond three. So then you have... You know, if you want two months of short-term food storage, you're gonna take that menu you've already done and you're just gonna replicate it eight times. So you're only you only have a finite number of recipes to keep track of. That's one of the great things about the workbook is it's all there for you. You can look through it, you can do your calculations. Okay, so I need five cans of beans, I need two cans of chicken, I need, and then you can say, okay, so for two months, this is how much I need. And you can do all those calculations in there. It's all there for you. It's so simplifies every step of the process.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out even like what question to ask to figure out how have you really, have you done a year? I know we just met over the weekend, but have you done a year without the grocery store, like an entire year where you ate from things that you've preserved and had like in your home? I'm curious how that works, like beyond the three months. So, all right. So
0: when I say a year without the grocery store, what I'm talking about is I can go a year without the grocery store. And I have had enough stored gotcha. so yeah, that well, I you could, could go that year. Okay, and, yeah. Right. And so we rotate through. So like when I start using my wheat berries or my flour or my rice or my oats, I'm purchasing to back up, you know, to gotcha. restock what I've just used. So have I ever gone a year without the grocery store at once? No. But the idea is I'm to. rotating... Yeah, exactly. If I needed to, okay. I could have. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is so. I, I don't think that we could. I think that if we had like right now, and I had the same discussion with Jay Morrell when she was on the podcast because she also has stocked her home in a way that that could be possible for her. I think for us, as long as we had stockpile of hay for the cow and chicken feed. We could probably live here just based on that. And then also flour would be really nice. Baking items would be really nice. And we could actually live pretty well and and enjoy our food well into a year if we we had those kind of things stocked up. What are your essentials, like the things that you never want to run out of? So the essentials... I would always go to long-term
0: food storage for for my essentials. Short-term is nice, but it, like I say, it's just to get you over that hump because it's eventually you're going to have to be cooking from scratch. So you need flour. You need some kind of fat. Um, Lard, if if you purchase lard and it is canned, Mm -hmm. um, I have read that it will stay good in perpetuity. So you've got lard. Um, We also keep coconut oil, which is good for about 15 months. So we have that. So flour and then your fats. Milk powder, but not whole fat milk powder. You need fat-free milk powder because that's going to last if properly stored for 30 years. Okay. So milk powder, wheat berries, uh, sugar, salt, seasonings. That's something that a lot of people don't think about as seasonings because you're not going to want a lot of things if it's so bland. So -hmm. making sure you have seasonings that you use often. Like for us, that's chili powder. That's taco seasoning. That's paprika. That's oregano and basil. So what seasonings do you use? And then also rice. uh, We use a lot of that. Um, Oats. We use a lot of that. So those are the things that I would call absolute staples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. As we're looking for that
1: long-term. Yeah, Yeah, I'd want to be able to bake all of the things... That would keep us like biscuits and breads and tortillas. Mm -hmm. All of that would be really helpful to go along with our eggs and milk in our situation. And I also, you brought up the coconut oil. I have never thought about coconut oil going bad. I I don't even, I've never even thought about it not lasting longer than 15 months. How are you able to tell if it's bad? You're going to smell it. It's going to smell really off and it's
0: going to have a different texture or a different is going to look different than you're used to. If you've used coconut oil for a long time, that's gonna give you a lot of clues right there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: Yes, we have two. Okay, so you have a newer book out that is all about being prepared in your car and on the go, which is not something we think about much. Personally, I don't. I actually got pulled over (laughs) uh, during the expo (laughs) for the first time since I was a teenager. I know, right? And I didn't have my insurance. I mean, that's like the most basic thing, right? Like at least being prepared for whenever the cop pulls you over. I had enough cell service to pull up my account and prove that I had insurance. And he actually took it really easy on me, like with the ticket. Anyways, that's like, that got me thinking, like, I am so not prepared. I know you're going way beyond just having your insurance card in your car, but like having, if your car were to break down, you have all your kids and you are somewhere where you know you don't have access to a cell phone or you always think, oh, I'll just call somebody. But then there's times when I'm driving and I have zero cell phone service. So tell me a little bit about your new book and why it's so important to be prepared.
0: So my new book is called Mom on the Run and it is all about saving ourselves headaches, money, time while we are taking care of our family. And a lot of it just comes down to, yes, we can talk about those big things where, you know, um, I have read about a family who was on their way to spend a day in the snow over in, I think it was Nevada at one point. Anyway, but it was in the, it was on the, toward the, uh, the West Coast. And they felt their, car went down a ravine and they were stuck and they had no self-service and nobody knew where they are. You know, we can talk about things like that, but the truth of the matter is for most of us, it's just those everyday emergencies that we need to be ready for. Something like if you're out and about and all of a sudden you get struck with a really bad headache, you know, if you if you have the ability to think ahead and say okay what are the types of things that i run into you're probably going to have tylenol with you or advil or excedrin migraine that saves you from the time of having to go to a convenience store the money because two pills at a convenience store is going to run you 250 to $3 you know but if you already have these things in your car it's going to save you on the frustration of doing that or like if you're out with your kids at a playground and you're having a play date with friends and one of them falls and really scrapes up their knee badly and it's bleeding freely it's on their knee a little band-aid's not going to do it but if you are prepared and say okay you have a way to clean it off you have a gauze pad and then you have this um, self-adhesive like Ace Wrap, but it's self-adhesive, that'll keep it on their knee, then the kids don't get frustrated because you have to leave the play date because they've scraped up their knee really badly. It just saves headaches having these things on hand with you when you're out and about running. Or what about if you're out and you have, you know, you have one more errand, but the kids are sitting in the back and they're, I'm sure our kids would never whine, but they're saying they want food, you know? And so you're running around, There's just one more stop. We're going to get home soon, but they're really hungry. Having something in your vehicle is going to save your sanity. It's going to keep them happier. And it's all because we're prepared for these little emergencies that we have all the time. And so that's really what the book is all about. It's about saving money and time and frustration and headaches, being able to help other people, all because we had a few basic things on
1: our person or in our vehicle. Yeah, that's probably good because... You're talking to one of the least prepared people that you could probably ever meet as far as I'm the mom who brings like one diaper and just leaves for the day and thinks that's probably good. You know, there's never band-aids. There's definitely not snacks, (laughs) anything like that. And there are times whenever I think, well, that would sure be nice to have this thing. Now, most likely I'm going to just go without unless it's an absolute emergency, but yeah, I could see how that could make life easier in a lot of ways. But what about organizing? Because my issue is I think I would stock the van with something and then it would get, like, rifled through with from the kids or just in some way it would just get all destroyed and... I don't know. Like, how do you organize in your vehicle?
0: Absolutely. So in my vehicle, Costco has these plastic totes that are about 10 inches long, about eight inches, or I mean, they're about 18 inches long, about 10 inches wide and about eight inches tall. And I have, I have different categories in different ones of these totes. So I keep, like, we have two vehicles. We have a 15 passenger van that we use for our long trips. And then we Mm -hmm. have a Honda CRV that we use for around town. And the Honda CRV is really cool because it has like this removable platform that you can put in the back. And so all of my little totes are underneath that platform and I still have plenty of room for groceries. But I have a tote of first aid things. I have a small tote of vehicle maintenance things. I have another small tote of food items and things like that. And they're all... I have another one of sanitation items. And so they're in the back in those little totes. But then I also have, like I say, okay, what do you want to have at hand's reach when you're in your vehicle? So like, if you need to have snacks near you, you know, almost every vehicle I've had has had a console in between the front two seats. I have used, you know, the the drawer that, or the big area that's, like, cavernous, mm-hmm. but you don't know what to do with it. Well, that's where we've always put our snacks. And so it's worked really well because it's right there. We keep wipes, um, either baby wipes or, like, not so much Lysol wipes, but, like, wet ones. We keep mm-hmm. those there in case, one, because they, believe it or not, baby wipes even And wet ones will take out almost any stain you can imagine. But two, just to keep things clean. So having those there, especially if you're eating and somebody gets something chocolate or something else on them, you've got those there. Where do you need it? And so the food has always gone in the console. The wipes have always gone right near that or in my door or napkins have gone in the door. Where am I going to be when I need it? We keep car seat, like car back organizers so it straps around your the headrest and then it uh, goes Mm -hmm. down the back of the seat so we keep two of those or depending on the vehicle we've had as many as three in each car and then the different slots like we keep ziploc bags so both gallon size and quart size ziploc bags as well as black and white trash bags in those slots we also keep Sometimes we'll keep Kleenexes in one of those slots. Sometimes we'll keep wipes in one of those slots. Sometimes we'll keep a an umbrella in one of those slots. But it's all organized and it's there. My kids, unless it's food for the most part, or wipes, don't get into anything. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not too concerned yeah, about that. them rifling through the Ziploc bags for no reason. But they're there. We use those for upset stomachs yeah. a lot because I had some kids that really struggled with um, motion sickness so a Ziploc baggie is a great way to uh-huh. contain anything like that that's going on yeah so but then we've also used them uh-huh. like we we have been going down to pensacola for probably four or five years in a row and we would just go collect seashells and we would use those for seashells too so i mean they've got lots of different uses but that way we always have them right. for whatever we need And it just, because it's not food, it's really not that big a deal keeping it in its place.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Now that you're mentioning, I'm like, well, why would they go through car maintenance stuff in Ziploc bags? They wouldn't. I could see if it was paper or something that would be, you know, like an art project. But yeah, Ziploc Mm -hmm. bags would totally not be a, a problem. And also, we have been caught without upset stomach bags before and that's not ideal. That's not ideal at all. Uh, usually we'll find some kind of like Walmart bag somewhere in the van, but it's it's definitely a scramble, and there's been times where we haven't found one at all. I'm curious what car maintenance things you keep uh, in the car maintenance tote.
0: So absolutely. So some of the things that I keep in there, we have something called a halo bolt, and it's a device that's probably about eight inches long by about Six inches tall by about two inches deep, and it will charge any vehicle's battery, it will pump up a tire, it will charge your cell phone. I'm not sure what all else it does, but we keep that in there. We also keep things like in my daughter's, her windshield wiper fluid won't work, and she refuses to get it repaired. So she's got extra, like a Windex and cloths in hers. <laughs> yeah, it gets but really we also. Bad. Ke- it, it does. We we keep things like our one vehicle goes through oil, so we'll keep an extra quart of oil in there, um, usually in a Ziploc baggie, so we can make sure it doesn't get all over the place. We keep, so I keep one up front with me too, but we also keep seatbelt cutters. It's like, it's a tool and it, it'll cut a seatbelt. It'll break a window. I keep one up front on both sides, both doors, but we also have an extra one in back, trying to think what else we have. Windshield wiper fluid for for the winter. We'll keep a small bottle, usually about a quart of windshield wiper fluid in there um, because it doesn't surprise me that we're out and about and all of a sudden I have no windshield wiper fluid. So things Mm -hmm. like that is what I keep. Or fix-a-flat is another one that I keep in the car maintenance tote. So things dealing with
1: fixing or repairing anything that I might need when we're out. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's all so handy. One time I was driving in Colorado and They use sand instead of salt, which is probably better for the vehicle. But something, either my windshield wiper fluid was out or it was frozen. I'm not sure. But it got to the point where I had to get off. Like I couldn't even see at all because it got so dirty and icy. And yeah, I could see how having some Windex on hand would also be really good. All right, I want to take a quick break from this conversation to tell you about One of my favorite sponsors that I use all the time, and that is Azure Standard. So if you've been following along for a while, you have probably heard of Azure Standard. It works essentially like a co-op where several people get together, pool their orders so that way they can get free shipping and a discount. There are drops all throughout the country. So you don't have to organize this for yourself. There are already people who are likely going to a drop near you. So all you need to do is get on the Azure Standard website and check out where the drop is. So for me in my area, there are two different ones that I could go to within 30 minutes. And it's a once a month thing. So you can place your order and then it's cool because there's a deadline for when you can order for the next pickup, but you can keep adding stuff. So what I'll do is I will order a bunch of stuff and then as I think of it, I'll get back on the website, add something. That way I at least cover my bases. I get my order placed, but then if I think of more, it's not final, which I really like because so many websites, you think of that one thing you wish you would have gotten after you place your order, but you also don't wanna forget to order. So I will place it as soon as I can and then I will jump back on and add things as I think of it things like my last order, I got 30 things of grass-fed butter, which I store in the freezer and just pull out as I need it. We get animal feed like oats and barley and alfalfa pellets. In the kitchen, I stock up with all-purpose flour, with einkorn flour. I do this whole grain bread flour that I like for my sourdough. You can do produce, so whenever something's in season, there's usually a discount on it. You can search through and find what is a good deal right now. There's household products. I like that it's all organic stuff, but then there's usually bulk prices and then also that co-op feeling where you're getting it more direct and so it's less expensive and you, you can find a lot of things that you maybe couldn't otherwise find like raw cheese. So I am baking my cheese, but then also I'm also not all the time. And so you can get these big blocks of raw cheddar cheese and I can't find that local. I usually can find just a little square of it and it's $12 for just the tiniest amount. So I get these big blocks of raw cheese. I have a few videos over my YouTube channel where I do hauls. So if you're interested in seeing what all things I pick up from Azure Standard, you could check out one of those. Azure Standard is offering simple farmhouse life listeners 10% off for new customers with orders $50 or more to a drop location. So if you find your drop location and you're a new customer, 10% off with the code simpleautumn10. So that's a really great deal. It's a one-time use coupon per customer. That coupon will work through November of 2023. And it's only for first-time Azure Standard customers with a minimum order of 50 or more to the drop location. Again, that code is Simple Autumn 10 So if you've been looking to check out Azure Standard to see if they have stuff that's a good deal for you and your family, head on over to azurestandard.com and use that promo code. Okay, so I had some audience questions about various like on the go stuff, but then also uh some of your year without the grocery store type stuff. So we can go through some of those. One is suggestions for mess free from scratch food to eat on the go. So I'm sure what are you what are you stocking in your snack bin that's probably more longer term that we don't have to change out whereas a lot of uh from scratch stuff probably you have to bring more fresh. Right. But yeah, what are your what are your uh Long-term things, and then also some of your more from scratch things.
0: So oftentimes I will go through Aldi and I'll look for single-serving things. So there's single-serving crackers. There's single-serving, like, cookies. There's single-serving, like, they have meat sticks. We love the meat sticks. Um, that's for mm-hmm. for me personally. I will do a meat stick or we'll do nuts because they have single-serving nuts or trail mix. So those are your longer-term things that will stay good in there. For that, you know, you can leave them in there f- pretty much in perpetuity until you use them. But as far as mess-free from scratch, uh, the things that I would suggest would be like freeze-drying or dehydrated fruits mm-hmm. would be a good thing. But again, it, that's something you're going to have to swap out more regularly. But that's probably the the closest that you're going to get to mess-free. and that you're going to have from scratch. But then there are other things that you can do. Like you can do homemade granola bars and those should last for a while, but they are going to be more sticky. You're going to have to deal with that part of the mess. Um, Homemade crackers. You can do popcorn too, but again, you're going to have to swap that out a whole lot faster than other things. Fruit leathers. And then like, if they're still, if you're still looking for homemade type stuff, I have made my own potato chips and butternut squash chips before. And those would stay well outside for longer, but again, you know, it you've got to figure out where you are. Like for me and my, and where I am in my life with. I have kids from 12 up to 21. And so I have a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, and two 21-year-olds. And then I also have my 12-year-old. So I don't have a lot of the the littles where I'm home more. I'm doing all of my cooking from scratch. Now it's more, okay, I am running everywhere with everybody doing everything. It has to be more convenient. And so for me, it's easier to walk through Aldi and pick up a single-serve item or a single serve, a box with a bunch of single serve items and keep that in my vehicle. So, you know, yeah. you have to do what works for you where you are.
1: Yeah. Now with the meat sticks, I know that they last basically forever. And then a few of the other things mm-hmm. you mentioned, how does the temperature in the car, because, you know, obviously you also live near where I live, which means there's four seasons. So it can mm-hmm. be anywhere from probably like 120 in your car down to zero throughout the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, most things stay stay pretty good for the most part. Like, if yeah. you do any kind of nuts, they're going to be fine. If you, The only thing is, is one of the things we do like to keep in our vehicle are those single-serving pouches of meat. So, like, you get tuna fish, or you get flavored tuna fish, or now they have barbecue like barbecue chicken or they have pulled pork they have different packets of meat that we really like but with that you have to be really careful with the freezing and thawing so you could do those probably late spring through fall where we live but i wouldn't want to keep those in the vehicle over winter but anything cracker any chip any cookie any nuts your freeze-dried foods i would think that they would be pretty safe to keep in your vehicle year-round
1: okay yeah now, I know you you said you're way past diaper bag age, but I'm sure you remember people yes. were asking, what kind of things did you pack in your diaper bag? Because I, like I said, I am the unprepared mom, and I've definitely got myself in a pickle. I just learned in the last couple years to never leave home without everybody's water bottle, and I was taught that by my sister. I noticed everywhere we went, she always had a water bottle, and it started to click like, oh everybody always brings water bottles. And so now we don't leave home without a tote full of stainless steel water bottles. Right. But what are some of the other things maybe in the diaper bag that you just do not leave home without?
0: No matter what, I try to say, okay, I need 24 hours. Even if I'm not gonna carry that diaper bag into a store with me, what do I need to live for 24 hours if I were not able to get home? Because when, when I was pregnant with my youngest, so we're talking like 13 years ago now, we My husband was preaching at a a Good Friday service out in Bowling Green, Missouri. And while we were at at the very end of the service, I got a phone call sitting on the front pew, I get this phone call. So I open my phone. It was a flip phone. I closed my phone and I'm like, okay, it, service is almost over. I'll answer it when I'm done. I got a phone call back. And so I just, I sat on my phone until it stopped ringing because I wasn't going to get up and answer it at the very end of the service. So five minutes later, I opened my phone to see that my mom had called me twice. And so I called her back and I'm like, mom. And she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, we're fine, we're in Bowling Green. What are you talking about? Your house was just hit by a tornado. Oh, so Good Friday tornado wow.
1: in 2011, I think. Was it the same one, um, whenever the Joplin it was, it was the same, like that I same storm? I think so, yeah. Because yeah, I remember going, my husband went to help with that because he worked for the city, and I remember it being 2011 because my third, no. Wait, you said you're 12. Okay, well, my 12-year-old, I think she was a baby. At okay. That time. Anyways. So, yeah, I think yeah. that one was
0: the year later. But it's the same type of thing. So okay. we went yeah. to go home that night. They would not let us in our home. We're like, I can show you my ID. That is my house right there. And they said, I'm sorry, you're not allowed in. We want to keep looters out. So we will not let anybody in their homes for 24 hours until tomorrow morning when it's laid out. So we couldn't even get into our home. So... We had a family that let us come stay in their house, but we had no undergarments, no toothbrushes, no deodorant, no combs, no nothing. And so I always try to make sure I have 24 hours, especially for an infant, of anything that I could possibly need so in a diaper bag. So how many diapers do you need for 24 hours? You know, you don't, you don't need more than a, a package of wipes. What, if you're doing, if you're supplementing with any kind of formula, you know, or if you, you know, think about, okay, where are alternate places that I could keep breast milk if something really big were to happen, Um, something that I just wouldn't expect, you know, but what do I need for 24 hours for my, for the baby? So diapers, wipes, changing pad, changes of clothes, snacks, if they're old enough for snacks, burp cloths, you know. Anything for making bottles, if you're going to do bottles at all, if you can't breastfeed for some reason, if you're supplementing, just whatever it is, make sure that you have enough for that 24 hours just in case. And you don't even have to carry that with you all the time in your backpack. That's the great thing about having a car kit. But if you are a young mom with little little littles, you can keep one of the totes in the back of your car. Maybe it's baby stuff you know, and I wouldn't keep food in there, but everything else that you could possibly need if there were something like that so that you had it. So that's what I'd say as far as diaper bags, what does your child need? Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you have a toy. Make sure, you know, you have, like, do they like board books? Make Maybe having a board book or two in there. Whatever it is that your child uses and needs, that those are the things that you need to have. And like I say, I suggest that somewhere that you can get to that's not at home you have
1: 24 hours of items that you could get to one thing i'm thinking of is as far as the wallet situation goes what about cash i noticed that over the weekend whenever we were at the expo and you know i'm in this mindset that everybody accepts either venmo debit you know <laughs> these days and then by day 2 i was like wait i need cash like i should who shows up to places without cash? So I don't know. Is that something that you always are making sure you have on hand? Probably not as much as I
0: should. What yeah. I, ideally, you know, you're going to have two to $300 stashed somewhere in your vehicle that you just don't touch mm-hmm. unless it's an emergency. But that way, if it's not in your wallet, then you're not going to touch it. Right. I do better at sometimes than I do at others about keeping cash dashed in my wallet. But when, because like for everybody, money has gotten really tight. So it's really hard to hold on to that cash if there's something that I see that I really want. And it's like, well, I've yeah. got the cash. So, right, you don't want to, yeah. Yep. Ideally, I would stash it in my car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, keeping it in there. We've ran into it a lot where I'd never have cash, and then there's something that you actually do need cash for. And then I know that's a small thing, but at the same time, there's been situations where that's where I've been caught off guard. Recently,
0: I walked into the post office because I needed to mail something, and I needed to mail it right then. And on the front door, there was a sign, I'm sorry, our right. debit machine is
1: down. We're only accepting uh-huh. cash today. Yeah, that's definitely happened to me. We almost couldn't eat at the expo because a few places, credit card machine went down. And then then I found one that had debit. And I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna make sure i bring cash
0: but you're not alone in that it, it last year most people paid with cash this year most people paid with credit card at my booth so okay i was glad that i was prepared for the other end because last year i didn't have a way to take any debit cards or credit cards so this year we were prepared for that so but yeah i couldn't believe the the huge shift between last year's and this year's expo and what everybody was paying with cards this year <laughs> Yeah, whereas last year, yeah. most people paid with cash.
1: I wanna take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup, and that is Tubes & Co. So Tubes & Co. is an organic, natural skincare line made by a small company, U.S., made in the U.S., based in the U.S., that the, the products are not just natural and organic, but they're also really great. I've found that to be a major hole in the marketplace over the last several years. I wanted to wear natural makeup, but I also wanted to have my face look like it was wearing makeup after more than about 15 minutes. I've even tried making my own makeup and a lot of that was just very insufficient. So I have my Tubes & Co. makeup. My favorite product is definitely the foundation. I have referred this to so many people in my real life. Everybody loves it. Just the other day, my sister, my youngest sister, tried it for the first time and she was like, wow, I cannot believe the Tubes & Co. Makeup, it is officially my favorite makeup. So that's been the reaction from basically everybody I referred it to. I love their mascara. I just started using the natural eye makeup palette. Absolutely love it. My favorite thing is, well, other than the foundation, is the eyebrow pencil love that thing. Also a huge fan of all of their skincare, so their cleansers, their serums, always makes my face feel so great, especially as we're getting into some of the colder months and the wood stove's going and everything's all dry. I will apply the serums all throughout the day and use the cleansing oil at night to really cleanse my skin, and moisturize it at the same time. Tubes & Co. is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 10% off your order with the code FARMHOUSE over at TOOPS, that's T-O-U-P-S and co.com. TOOPSandco.com, use the code FARMHOUSE. Okay, we got several questions about food storage, and this is your friend Jay Morrell introduced us and she loves this topic too and so we've talked about this with her and i i have to get information from people like you because i am just i don't consider myself this just sounds so organized and i really see the appeal in doing a lot of what you're saying in the vehicle because there's so many times where man it could really make life easier but as far as the food storage goes how do you balance keeping your pantry stocked mm-hmm. While also making sure that you're using up things before they go bad. So, what is your rotation system like, and how do you organize all that?
0: So, it's it's helpful for us because we invested in infrastructure a long time ago. So, probably eight years ago, through a company called Thrive Life that does a lot of um, a lot of freeze dried foods, we purchased something called FIFOs, which stands for first in, first out. You put It's like, think of the soup can containers when you go into Kroger. They put the cans at the top and then they roll down and you take it out of the bottom. And so they're like that. We put our cans in at the top and it rolls to the back and then it rolls forward. So we put it in at the top and we take it out at the bottom. So we're always getting the oldest. But... Other than that, one of the things that we did before we had those is I would buy in flats. So in other words, I would buy a flat of corn or a flat of green beans or a flat of mushrooms or a flat of evaporated milk. And then when we brought them home, I would just write the month and the year on top of every can. And then that flat would go on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I would move the other flats off, put this one on, put the other flats on top. That way, my oldest my oldest flat was always on the top. So that helps. But then too, once I got to the point where I was like, okay, I have my three months of short-term food storage and I have my about nine months of long-term food storage. Then what happened was every time I made a meal, I would always make it from my food storage. And then I would like the next week, I would go to when I went to the grocery store, I would replenish anything that I had purchased. So that way, I'm always making sure that I'm filling up. Or if it was something from a flat, then I would say, okay, as soon as I get down to two flats, or for you, it might be six flats or whatever, then I'm going to go get another flat. Mm -hmm. So you're always using the oldest to make your meals. And then the, you know, you're replacing it with newer stuff as you've as you're actually going to the grocery store. That's worked best for us. So you just have to make sure that when you take something from your pantry, you actually put it on your grocery list. So you shop from your pantry and then you replace your pantry from the grocery store. Does that
1: make sense? Okay. So yeah, instead of doing this weekly shop where you buy something at the beginning of the week, by the end of the week, it's all gone. And then you redo it, which I think is Mm -hmm. what a lot of us do. You're shopping from your pantry, your Mm -hmm. freezer, your fridge, And then you are grocery shopping to keep yourself at that level, which is a different way of thinking about it. Okay. So I imagine just a lot of paying attention, a lot of inventory. I know this on a small scale with our dairy cow milk. So we get, if I don't pay attention for about five days or so, we get to where everything's all unorganized. So the, the latest milks in the front, there's cream on top of some, not others. And I just have to do the milk job, which means go in there reorganize everything, take out the oldest and make yogurt, skim the cream off and make butter and just deal with the milk and the, you know, shuffling things around. So it just takes a lot of regular check-ins and notes and inventory checking. And I could see how that could work. Yeah.
0: And one of the things that I found for me is that if I have a set time each week when I do that. So, you know, if I we go grocery shopping every Friday. So I am at the place in my life where my oldest daughter does our menu planning and our grocery list. So when I do that Nice. You know, yeah, it really is nice. You know, but So Thursday, she has to go through and say, okay, what do we have? What do we need? Um, For me, I take care of, I still take care of our monthly Costco stuff because I know how much I want to have in my back stock and I want to make sure I'm a little bit more fastidious about that than she is. And so that way I'm going through and saying, okay, I know that I wanna have three things of dishwasher tabs for the um, the dishwasher. I wanna have three things of black trash bags, three things of white trash bags, and I'm going through and finding what we need and seeing, okay, so I'm just gonna keep that much in my back stock. So I just know that every Thursday before I go to Costco on a Friday, because we go once a month, I have to go out, and I just go through everything that we have. So that way, there's a set time that I do it. I know it's going to get done because it's a part of my routine. Mm-hmm, that makes right. a difference. As instead of, you know, oh well, I've got to, you know, I've let it overcome me, and it, it just it helps that crud. I've got this big thing I've got to do, and so I want to procrastinate on it even more. So having that set time, I found is really helpful.
1: Yeah, that's helpful with so many things around the house that they can really affect you mentally if you don't know that you're going to deal with it at some point. And having that set day makes you able to ignore it the other days and not let it worry you. And that's, I've learned that with so many things. And there's other things I probably need to learn it with Mm -hmm. still.
0: But that's, that's all of life. You know, we are, we are taking something on new all the time. And you know, then we can let go of the things that no longer work for us because life continues to change. And as you go through different seasons of
1: life, you know, you have to be able to work with what you've got then. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Somebody asks, how do you begin to plan what you need to build a large food storage? So if you haven't done this at all, mm-hmm. where would you even start? You start
0: with your long-term food storage, which are items that will store for 30 years or more. So you're talking your flour, salt, salt, sugar, non-fat milk powder, oats, rice, and then things like dried beans, dried peas, any of your lentils, things like that. All of those will store and then also honey mm-hmm. and your grain alcohols. And even if you're a teetotaler, you can use grain alcohols to make tinctures. You can make grain alcohols to make flavoring. Like you can make lemon, lemon flavoring from lemon rinds and grain alcohol. So even if you don't drink alcohol, that's Like when you go to the store and you actually get lemon extract, that's what you're getting. Yeah. So having those things, all of those things will store for 30 years or more. So you want to start with those because you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck With those. And if something happens, yes, it's harder because you're starting off cooking from scratch instead of having those more convenience meals that you would eat regularly. But you're you're taking care of, you know your family's going to eat, even if you have to make all of the biscuits from scratch, even if you are making your yogurt from scratch, even if you are making these different things from scratch, you can still do it because you've got that long-term food storage. So start there. Make sure you have some kind of fat, whether that is lard or whether it's coconut oil. Peanut butters are also a good thing to store. So make sure that you've got those long term things done first. That's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. That's where you're going to have the most preparedness. So that's where you start.
1: So, how are you storing the flour to make it last 30 years? I know honey just lasts that long. And then I'm assuming the the grain alcohol does mm-hmm. but a few of those things need some special consideration they do
0: so i store my ingredients my long term food storage ingredients minus honey the grain alcohols in 5 gallon buckets so i take a 5 gallon bucket and you don't have to pay exorbitant prices to get it first of all make sure it is food grade because if it's not food grade you you don't want to use it secondly you want to p- get mylar bags and we so we'll take our big five gallon bucket and the mylar bags that we get for them are six gallon bags and then we'll pour our 25 pounds of flour into the mylar and then we will so there's a process that in the workbook Mm -hmm. it walks you through it step by step by step so i mean i could spend probably five minutes explaining the process but we have mylar we have oxygen absorbers And we have the five gallon buckets and that's how we store it with those things properly for 30 years. Also, I have a YouTube video on that specifically on doing all up. I think it was we did some different grains. My daughters and I did it together. So, But yes, I have a YouTube video at Are You Prepared Mama specifically on how you do that. So that's how you're going to store The only thing is salt and sugar. You don't want to put an oxygen absorber in because that will actually make it very hard. But everything else on that list okay. would get an oxygen absorber.
1: Okay. What is your YouTube channel called? Are You Prepared Mama? Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. I, okay. I gotcha. That's, yeah. that's what it's called. Yes. Are You Prepared Mama? I gotcha. First, I searched Karen Morris, but yeah. Okay. Mm hmm. That's cool. Okay. And I think then you're going to go into the next phase. So you get your, your 30 year stuff, and that might be a lot of people also were asking, like, on a budget, how do you do this? So maybe you go stay there until you're able to save up for phase two. So and let me tell you this too. If you have
0: nothing yet in short or long term food storage, the most economical thing and the best way to feed your family for a year, if you had to, they'd hate you because it's, you know, you're going to get tired of eating the same thing, but buy four 25-pound bags of bean soup mix per person for your family and store them in your your five-gallon buckets. The last time I looked at prices for about $160 through Azure, I could feed each member of my family for a year. So if you have nothing and you just want food security, if that's your big thing, then start by doing that. I would do the Azure standard bean soup mix, make sure you have lots of spices. Another good thing to go with that would be canned ham. And then you also want to make sure you have vitamins for every member of your family, because even though it's a protein, it's a carb, and you know, you're going to get some fat from other things in it. You're going to need more of a nutritional profile than just that. Right, if, but if, if you are off solely soup, worried yeah. about food
1: security, that's the fast, the fastest way to get that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. My kids are always asking, could you live off of, and then just insert random food. Like, could you live off of? And I'm like, I I don't know. You'd probably need some kind of supplement to go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, but if you're getting started, that's the best way to do it. Okay. And then let's see here. Somebody asks how to stock healthy foods without preservatives, without them going bad. So- I think most of these things, if canned properly, if stored properly, you can avoid adding anything to it. It's because the the grocery store foods have to be shelf stable through all of the transportation and, you know, like sitting on the shelf and all that.
0: Absolutely. But if you're storing basic ingredients that you can make almost anything from anyway, and you're storing it properly so that it's going to last you for 30 years, then once you open a bucket of flour, if you're cooking from it regularly, like Oats. We used to go through probably a five-gallon bucket of oats in two to three months, max, because I made my own granola. We did a lot. We had oatmeal for breakfast and, and we just used a ton of oats. So we would go through yeah. it real quickly. So even with your flour, even if you have a five-gallon bucket and it's only two people in your house, you're going to use it in less than a year, you know, if you're cooking from it regularly. So I don't worry about that that once I open it, as long as it's going to be good for the rest of the time when I store it properly.
1: Right. I'm with you. And it all just depends on your family size, too. Maybe you don't store it in a five-gallon bucket. Maybe you have one-gallon buckets of things, because I'm with you. I can go through oats, flour in quantities that would shock most people, I think. But for us, that's uh, just normal. Right. And you can even keep it in a five-gallon bucket, but do one-gallon
0: Mylar uh, bags. So you can do that. The The purpose right. of the five-gallon bucket is to keep your pests out. So if the food inside okay, is in mylar you, yeah. bags so they can't smell it, they're not going to chew through the plastic. And the plastic in a five-gallon bucket is really heavy-duty. It would take a lot to chew through that for an animal to chew yeah. through it. So. If you've got it in the Mylar, they're not going to smell it. They're not going to go for it anyway. And then the bucket is just protection. So you can absolutely do
1: that. Yeah, do it in one-gallon increments and just stack it up in there. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so tell us where best to find you, where to find your book, your new book, and then also your Year Without the Grocery Store workbook, all of that. It'll also be linked below, but where best can people follow along and be more educated by all that you're sharing so i have a
0: blog at are you You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at Are You Prepared Mama or at Karen Morris Author. I'm on there in both. You can find me on Facebook at Are You Prepared Mama. And you can find me on YouTube at Are You Prepared Mama. Yeah. Twitter, I am the letter R, the letter U, prepared mama. But those are the, honestly, if you want to interact with me, Instagram or my blog, you can contact me through my blog. So those are great ways to, to interact with me. And as far as teaching, that you're going to find on my blog and you're going to find on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. And it's my books. So all of my books, I have two books, a workbook and a planner right now. Um, I have another book coming out in October of this year. So my, I have A Year Without the Grocery Store and it's companion workbook. Those are on Amazon.com. And then... Mom on the Run is on Amazon. I have a planner which is called the Prepper Planner and that is if you want the spiral bound you need to go to a website called lulu.com and then just search for the 2024 Prepper Planner. It will be on Amazon as the 2024 Prepper Planner in about two days but it is not spiral bound on there. It costs Amazon doesn't do a spiral bound. So that's why okay, Lulu spiral bound and then paperback is on Amazon. So those are, those are my different things. And there is, so the book become a prepper prodigy will be coming out in October in paperback in December in Kindle or on Kindle. And that's all about how do you do more with less time, less space, less rain space so no matter what your limitation is, whether it's physical, emotional, you know, how do you do more with less? And that's the whole focus of the next book, Become a Prepper Prodigy.
1: Cool. Okay. Well, I love all of your resources. I like how you've laid it out so that if someone really sees the appeal in all of this, but feels like I have no clue where to even start, the workbooks and the planners, those are very nice to, to really help You start to take action and and put this into place instead of just talking about it. So such helpful things. And we will also be linking all of that below. So again, Karen, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really glad that Jamrell introduced us and you could share some of your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Lisa. It's been an enjoyable time. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. And I will see you in the next one.